Hey, happy day after the All-Star game, folks. How we all doing? Who watched the game? Who's a fan of the All-Star game? I always root for the National League. Me being a Mets fan. Uh, I'm old school. I grew up in the 70s, and back then, the, everything stopped for the All-Star game. It was a matter of pride. And that still hasn't left me. And I know a lot of people say, you know, it's boring or whatever, but it's one of the few opportunities you get to see the greatest players in the game all on one field in one day. And being the baseball junkie I am, I love it. And yesterday, we saw the stars. The stars came out. Yes, indeed. Unfortunately, for me being a National League fan, and if you're an American League fan, good news. The American League staved off the National League for their eighth straight All-Star win. What are the odds of that happening? Now, all eyes were focused upon Shohei Otani, but who was the MVP? Vladimir Guerrero. In our group, Baseball Way of Life, I said, who will be the MVP? I will mention you on the podcast. I'll give you salutations in the Facebook group. Well, no one won because no one picked Vladimir. Amazing. A lot of Tatis, a lot of Otani to be expected, but no Vladimir Guerrero. Now, is he suffering from the uh, Canada Syndrome or he's just not getting the publicity he deserves because he's Canadian or he's playing for a Canadian team? Who knows? But the buzz in the building really revolved around a two-way talent doing something never been done on Major League Baseball summer stage. Yes, by the time the game was over, the story was not just about who the buzz was about, Shohei Itani and his unique feat, but also his close competition American League MVP race, hitting a monstrous, I mean prolific home run, and his low-profile Angel teammates coming through in a clutch while playing out of position. Oh, then there's the matter of the American League's continued dominance in this exhibition. A trend extended by Junior Circuit's 5-2 victory tonight, which the National League could not, could not deliver one of those crazy comebacks in Coors Field that often happens. Everyone's expecting a lot of runs to be scored in Coors Field. Well, it just didn't happen. While the National League has dropped 15 of the last 18 All-Star games overall, it was a big win for baseball overall in terms of showcasing. Great to see 49,184 fans in attendance and millions around the globe watching. And if yesterday proved one thing, it's baseball now has international appeal. There's so much talent out there, and it's uh, exciting towards the young players. And uh, baseball is becoming a young man's game, just like all the other sports have been lately. Hockey, football, football has always been, by the time you're 30, you're washed up. But hockey, just these players developing so quickly that it is becoming a young man's game and a global's game. Yeah, the embrace is worldwide, without a doubt. Uh-oh, Meet the Mets coming on. Not for this show. That's for our other podcast, folks. Uh, now, the, the All-Star game just grabbed you from the very beginning because there was a goosebump-inducing pregame tribute to the late Henry Aaron. And nine other All Hall of Famers lost since the last All-Star game. Tom Seaver included. And it was, it was a perfect summer night in Mile High City. And uh, you got to say, I'm just watching from TV in, over here in the Garden State of New Jersey. But it looks like this was a well-coordinated effort for All-Star Week. 
And this all had to come together quickly after a late change in venues. And it sure would have been even more perfect had Otani done something special at the plate. Everyone was hoping this was Otani's coming out party. Uh, but the fact that Otani, fresh off his thrilling turn in Monday's T-Mobile home run derby, was even at the plate as the AL's leadoff hitter, and then on the mound as its starting pitcher, was special enough. So special that MLB bended the rules for him to get a second at-bat as DH after he left the game as a pitcher. A couple ground outs as a hitter won't add to the 27-year-old Otani's fast-growing legend, but he did pitch a 1-2-3 inning against the top of the NL order. Fernando Tatis, Max Muncy, and Nolan Arenado that included a 102-mile, 100.2-mile four-seam fastball. Now, let's be honest. Won't find many DHs and Derby participants who can do that. That's what makes Otani so special. Uh, Otani knew he was only going to go one inning, so he didn't have to think about going further in the game, so he was letting it rip. But ultimately, it was Guerrero who outshined Otani's star on this night. After his Toronto teammate Marcus Simeon got the AL on board with an RBI single in the second, Guerrero smacked and stood to admire a magnificent 468-foot solo shot to left center off Brewers' right-handed Corbin Burns in the third. It was a dream come true for Guerrero. Oh, my God. How many people can hit a ball that far in a baseball game? And jaws were dropping all over the place. I know mine was dropping. It was a bomb. Uh, it looks like he hit the second longest all-star home run since StatCast began tracking. It was also the 200th home run in his long history of the event. The AL's early advantage was extended by more Blue Jays' bullishness as Teoscar Hernandez ripped the leadoff double open the two-run fifth that made it 4 nothing. Yeah, I've been telling you guys, the Blue Jays are going to be the team to watch. I think they're going to rock and roll in the AL East, if not this year, but in years to come. But let's get back to the game. And though the National League finally made some noise with JT Rio Muto solo homer in the bottom of the fifth, the AL answered right back with Rays catcher Mike Zanino's solo shot to right center in the sixth. That was all the scoring the AL would need. From there, it was a matter of confining the NL offense in a building where confining any offense is a task as Pike's Peak. It is tough to pitch in Coors Field. But aside from an under run on a Zanino pass ball in the bottom of the sixth, the AL proved up to that task thanks in no small, no small part to an impressive play by Jared Walsh. The bases were loaded with two out in the eighth when Cubs star Chris Bryant came to bat against Red Sox reliever Matt Barnes. Now, an AL team trading for Bryant on the spot was not a realistic possibility. The only option was to get him out. Bryant ripped a 96.6 mile per hour liner to left, but Walsh, who ordinarily serves as the angel first baseman who had never played in the left field in his big league life, was able to snare it with a sliding grab. It was quite a catch. <laughs> yeah, he caught it just as it was about to hit the ground. It was the play of the game. Uh, but Walsh, he was playing out of position, but he looked good there. He made the big play. Uh, Walsh likes first base a lot more in the left field, but he came through with the big play. And Hendricks, Liam Hendricks got the save in a bumpy yet effective ninth in which he was mic'd up for the Fox broadcast. And the AL was victorious yet again. Were the NL and NL team an actual team? It would be time for a clubhouse meeting. I don't know how this happens year after year. But because all that was on the line, the summer spectacle was pride. What mattered more was the experience of watching some of 2021's breakout players seize the moment. 
on Core's expansive space stage. And I'll be honest with you, I'm so glad this game isn't about playing for home field advantage in the World Series anymore. I mean, an individual team should play for that. We shouldn't have an all-star uh, team doing that for an individual team come World Series time. Now let's get back to Vladimir Guerrero. Yes, 22-year-old Vladimir Guerrero. He became the youngest player ever to win the Chevrolet All-Star Game MVP honors, and he led the American League to a 5-2 victory. Uh, it had to be a dream come true for him. He was the first Blue Jay player ever to win AL MVP honors. He went 1-for-3 with that Titanic homer and two RBIs. And it was nice to see him dedicating his award to his father, Vladimir Guerrero Sen Sr., uh, who was quite a ball player in his own right. Remember two years ago, Guerrero Jr. put on a power display during the T-Mobile home run derby before ultimately falling to Pete Alonso in the finals. <clears throat> this year, the slugger, who was still just 22 years, 119 days old, waited for the All-Star game and wowed the crowd with a tape measure shot, and he blasted a hanging slider from Corbin Burns, a whopping 468 feet to center. Uh, it was hard to say if he was sitting on that slider, but he got every bit of that baseball. Like I said, that ball left his bat at 110.2 mile, miles per hour. And that obliterated the previous mark for the longest All-Star homer in the StatCast era, which belonged to Chris Bryant in his 410-foot blast in the 216, 2016 Midsummer Classic. It was a bomb. But you know what? It wasn't even the hardest ball Guerrero Jr. hit on Tuesday. His first inning ground out, ball that nearly took off Matt Scherzer's head, Clocked in at 111.1 miles per hour. After Scherzer dusted himself off, Guerrero ran to the mound to give the pitcher a hug and a smile. There were plenty of hugs after Guerrero's third inning moonshot, and Toronto teammates Bo Bichette and Teoscar Hernandez were the first players to welcome their fellow Blue Jay back to the dugout. They seemed so excited, and that's good. That's what you want to see from those young Blue Jays. Now, the Guerrero's... Vladimir Guerrero are the, and senior and junior are now the third father-son combo to both go deep in the All-Star game, joining Bobby and Barry Bonds and Ken Cena, Ken Junior, Ken and oh man, I just woke up and I need my coffee. The Griffies, Ken Senior and Junior, the later of whom had been the youngest All-Star MVP at 22 years, 236 days, when he won in 1992. And it's hard to believe that his son, Vladimir Guerrero's senior son, Junior, may be better than his father. He just keeps getting better and better and better. Oh, my goodness. Then when the second half of the season begins, Guerrero Jr. will take the field leading AL in batting average 332, RBI 73, while his 28 home runs trail only Shohei Otani's 33. Everybody is talking about how good he is and how good he's going to be. And uh, I can see it. I don't. I think he's a no doubt about her. Now, could he be the All Star? The All Star MVP could be a prelude to the Triple Crown or the AL MVP honors. It could very well be so. But I think it's just time to enjoy Vlad Guerrero Jr. and all he has to offer. Just like we need to sit back and enjoy Shohei Otani. Uh, don't forget in the home run derby, he won six homers at least 500 feet. 
And yesterday he showed power, his powerful arm in the All-Star game, throwing a 1-2-3 first inning and watching his fastball top out at 100.2 miles per hour. He was rewarded with the win the AL's 5-2 victory at Coors Field. And he became the first player ever to start a game on the mound, bat leadoff, and earned a win in the same game in NL or AL history. He began the game by grounding out sharply to second base on an 0-1 cutter from veteran right-hander Max Serger. And when it came for him to take the mound in the bottom of the half inning, he did not disappoint. Otani, who looked noticeably tired after losing an epic first-round battle with Juan Soto in the T-Mobile home run derby on Monday, looked fresh on the mound in a sixth start by an angel pitcher in the Midsummer Classic. He became just the second All-Star game starter to reach 100 miles per hour since StatCast was introduced in 2015, joining Red Sox lefty Chris Sale in 2018. His first pitch to Fernando Tatis Jr. was 96.1 miles per hour and was fouled off, but Otani's philosophy only approved him there. He got Tatis to fly out to left on a 1-2 slider. And then Otani retired Dodgers first baseman Max Muncy on a 1-1 fastball that registered at 96.6 miles per hour as Muncy grounded out to second. Otani then let it go against the Cardinal third baseman Nolan Arenado as his first pitch in the dirt was 99.5 miles per hour. And he later threw back-to-back fastballs at 100.2 miles per hour and 99.7 miles per hour. Uh, it looked like he was having fun out there. And uh, he's enjoying the experience. I, I think he's just great for the game. Even though Altani was replaced by on the mound by White Sox right-hander Lance Wynn in the second, uh, Major League Baseball changed the rules to allow Altani to bat in the third, and from that point on, Altani grounded out the first on a first-pitch cutter from Brewers right-handed Corbin Burns. He thanked Rays Kevin Cash for asking MLB to allow for the rule change to get him a second and bat. He said, I heard that Kevin Cash asked the commissioner to do it, so I just want to thank him for making it happen. But even though Otani was hit with the bat, his talent was woed by others at, at the All-Star game, including Tatis, who said, It has to amaze everybody. If people ever wondered and wanted to see the legend of Babe Ruth, this guy is going the same way and on the same path. Hopefully he can be healthy and he can keep it going. It's great for the game. And JT Realmuto said, He's an unbelievable player. The way he can succeed at both sides of the ball, it's never been done before. It's really fun for us to watch because I know how hard it is for, to do on one side of the ball. I get to work closely with the pitchers and see how much work they put into that side of it. The fact that he has time to do both just blows his mind. Yes, it was great seeing Shohei, great seeing Vladimir Guerrero. But you know what? Baseball's become a truly a global game. The American League's winning pitcher in its 5-2 triumph was Japanese two-way sensation Shohei Otani. Uh, and who locked down the win for him? Australian native William Hendricks, who earned his first All-Star save by a White Sox pitcher since saves became an official statistic in 1969. And like we said, Vlad Guerrero Jr., he was the MVP. So Tuesday marked the first time three players born outside the United States earned the All-Star Games pitching win, save, and MVP award in the same season. There was a similar sweep in 1997, when Sandy Alomar Jr. won the MVP, Mario, and he was from Puerto Rico, Mario and Rivera earned the save from Panama, and Royals pitcher Jose Rosado earned the win. And he was born in Newark, New Jersey, but he attended high school in Puerto Rico. Tuesday night also continued a, a trend. 
former Yankee teammate Masahiro Tanaka from Japan and Araldis Chapman from Cuba also combined for the win and save at the last Midsummer Classic in 2019. Hendricks became the first Australian to appear in multiple All-Star games and said the stars who shone brightest Tuesday reflect where baseball is going. We're looking at a world game, said Hendricks. you got guys representing from a lot of countries, and it's a great way to expand the game. Hopefully me doing what I did today gets back to Australia and the next generation of Australians coming over. Shohei is a walking billboard that will hopefully get more Japanese guys coming over and coming over earlier, like what Ichiro did with his generation. He and Kikuchi, those guys are both not only great players, but fantastic people as well. So, these players are coming home here and they're really growing as players. I mean, it's just amazing. They're playing at the, at the top level and they're just improving and improving and improving. Now, how about I give you some great fun stats? You know what? I'm going to put this on a different podcast because we've been t- talking too long about the All-Star Game on this one. So check later on for this update. And I'll give you some 15 wild facts from the All-Star Game. And uh, that should be fun. That'll be in an upcoming po- podcast later today. When we come back, we're going to do our Jeopardy trivia question. Uh, birthdays on this date in baseball. And what's going on in the group? Okay, we're back. So glad you could join us. And we're going to do our baseball trivia and baseball jeopardy today. Who's ready? Raise your hands. Okay, we got a lot of people ready. So let's go. Let's get right to it. Let's go to today's baseball trivia question. The trivia question is, what American League MVP hit only 35 home runs during his career? Once again, today's baseball trivia question is, what American League MVP hit only 35 home runs during his career? Now, today's Baseball Jeopardy. The two clues for the final Jeopardy. Who's ready? First clue. Home run champion had a batting average lower than that of his his league Cy Young Award winner that season. Once again, first clue is home run champion had a batting average lower than that of his league Cy Young Award winner that season. Second clue, besides Hall of Famers Lou Gehrig and Jimmy Fox, he is the only player with eight RBIs in three different games. Okay, now we're going to celebrate some birthdays. Who's ready to celebrate a birthday? Okay, looks like a lot of you got your birthday hats on, so let's do this. Happy birthday to Tim Hudson. Great, great pitcher. Some say maybe even deserving a Hall of Fame. What do you think? He pitched for Oakland, Atlanta, and San Francisco. He was born this date in 1975. Happy birthday, Tim Hudson. Happy birthday to Robin Ventura. Yes, him of the Grand Slam single. Him with his altercation with Nolan Ryan. He was born in 1967. Happy birthday, Robin Ventura. Happy birthday to Bob Perky. Who remembers Bob Perky? He played for Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and St. Louis from 54 to 66. Happy birthday, Bob Perky. Happy birthday to Steve Sohn, now a colorful baseball commentator. One-time Cy Young Award winner. Who remembers that when he won 25 games? Pitch for the Giants, White Sox, Cubs, and Orioles. Happy birthday to General Manager of Fame, Johnny Murphy. Happy birthday to Lucas Julio. He's hoping for the White Sox to go far this year. 
Happy birthday to Earl Williams, former Rookie of the Year. Happy birthday, Earl. Who else we got? Who else? Are you celebrating birthday out there? Happy birthday to Carson Kelly. And who else? Anybody else that we want to mention? Tim Castro, the speedy Tim Castro is having a birthday. Hopefully he'll still steal a base this week for the Yankees. And that wraps up our birthday. So happy birthday to all these great individuals. Now, how about this date in baseball history? Yes, on this date in 1934 at Navin Field in Detroit, Michigan, in an effort to keep the consecutive game streak intact, the Yankees have Wombago-stricken Lou Gehrig bat lead off and list him as the shortstop in the lineup. After singling the first inning, the Iron Horse leaves the game without fielding as the Detroit Tigers pound out 11 doubles to edge the Yankees 12-11. Ah, so that's how Lou, one of the reasons why he had that streak going. There's always a story behind the story, isn't there, folks? And what else is going on, you might say? Ah, this is the anniversary of Pete Rose and Ray Fossey colliding home plate. In 1970. Who remembers that? That was something else. That's something that I'll live on for forever and ever. In the 12th inning of the 1970 All-Star Game, Pete Rose bowls over Ray Fossey at the plate to score the deciding run on Jim Hickman's single, an exciting 5-4 National League victory at Riverfront Stadium. Fossey, who never had the ball, hurts his right shoulder and is taken to the hospital. The Cleveland Indian catcher entertained Charlie Hustle as a dinner guest the previous night. The game is scoreless until the sixth, with the National League limited to three hits in the first eight innings. In the ninth inning, the NL tees off on Catfish Hunter, driving in three runs to tie. Dick Dietz hits a leadoff home run in the inning, and Cordell Steen pitches the tenth for the win. What a day that was. Hey, this date 1972. It's a major league first. Played umpire and the catcher in the game are brothers. Bill Howard is the ump, and Tom Howard is the Detroit catcher. During a game with the Kansas City Royals. By the way, Kansas City won the game, won nothing. Now, in the state in 1988, Michael Jack Schmidt, as they like to call him in Philly, his 537th career home run in the Phillies 7 5 loss to the Astros, moving past Mickey Mantle to seventh place in the all time list. And on this date in 2002, one of our group's fan favorites, Alex Rodriguez, he hit a round tripper to give him his sixth 30th home run season, break, breaking Ernie Banks' record for shortstop. Twins did beat the Rangers, and A Rod, despite A Rod's two homers in that game. And uh, and on this date in in let's see 19 whatever, <laughs> I know it happened on this date. Derek Jeter and Jorge Posada entered the game as a pinch hitter in the. Uh, Derek Jeter and Jorge Posada, who entered the game as a pinch hitter in the Yankees' 16-7 loss to Toronto at the Rogers Center, appear in their 1,660th regular season game as teammates. The most two players have been together in franchise history. Lou Gehrig and Tony Lazaria had the previous had set the previous team mark in 2007. Yeah, oh, yeah, they did in 2007. In 1937, beg your pardon. Okay, our crack staff of statisticians looked back and it was Derek Jeter and Jorge Posada playing in their 1,660 consecutive game in 2011. See, we dig deep and we do find out the facts for you here. 
Okay, now it's that segment you love. What's going on in the group? The group is Baseball or Way of Life. And if you're not a member, please do subscribe. We're on Facebook. If you're a member of Facebook, you've got to delve in. Almost 10,000 strong and still rocking and rolling and diehard baseball talk every day. If you're not subscribed to this podcast, please do so. Uh, you'll be updated every day. I post one on the group site every day, and we usually do more, but I won't post everyone on the group site, so if you subscribe, you'll be notified when one does pop up. If you ever want to reach me, I'm at philstan41gmail.com. Thanks so much for your support. Well, I like to delve on one topic every time we do a podcast, uh, what the folks were talking about. And the other day I asked, today's baseball feud question is, the greatest Indians player of all time is... And you guys rocked it with some great answers. Really, really good. And uh, it's amazing how knowledgeable our group is. It really is. It makes my day when I see all these answers coming in. Ed O'Keefe said, Trish Speaker. Eric Burke said, Larry Doby. Dale Edward Chenoweth said, Bob Feller. Jerry Miola went with Bob Feller. Doug Austin said, Horror Speed. Demetrio Alva. Rick Vaughn. Then John Ford said, Damn it, I was going to say Pedro Serrano. Kevin Connor said, Willie Mays Hayes. Maxwell Kate said, Tris Speaker. Scott Walker, Albert Bell. Uh, Jan Renewy gave us two answers. Jan is always a well thought out guy. Before World War II, Speaker with Joy. After World War II, Tommy or Kenny Lofton. Chris Lammer said, Nap with Joy. Bob Cushman says, Joey Bell. Senior Softball Nut says, Laborder. Speaker, close second. Terry Shonuff Howard says, definitely Albert Bell. Followed closely by, yes, Willie Mays Hayes. John Collins said, Fred Whitfield, the Yankee killer of the 1960s. Robert Hinshaw said, Pedro Serrano, go Jobu. Roger Reed said, Jim Hargrove. MP Faso said, Roger, I think it's Mike Hargrove. And Roger replied, oops, my friend Sue just called him Grover. She was a big Indians fan. Me, not so much. Thanks. Pat Gamble said, Walt No Neck Williams. Craig Prager added, gave some information. He played for the Indians for one season, 1973. Played the prior six seasons for the White Sox. Then Pat came back and said, I meant it as a joke. I saw him take David Clyde deep in the first inning game that Gaylord Perry pitched in 1973 at Arlington Stadium. Quit Smith said, Bob Feller. Larry Velna, Jim Tomei. Howard Millman, Napoleon LaJoy, Chad Odom, Rick Vaughn, Ron McCone says Chad Odom, Willie Mays Hayes, Dave Dahl said Bob Feller, Larry Davidson, Bullet Bob Feller, Bob Kaufman says Pitcher, no debate, the great Bob Feller, Player, Rocky Colavito, Dennis Eller said Bob Feller, Billy Carr says Joe Charbonneau, Steve Marquette says Jake Taylor, Richard Koenig, Bob Feller, Susan Romy Eller, Tomey, Lofton, oops, forgot there was dead air there, Tim Capitas at Feller, Page, and Tomey are on the list, Warren Handy, Handy, Rocky Calvito, Robert Sam, Andre Thornton, Robert Hall, Tomey, Mike McInerney, Bob Feller, Ricky S. George, Bob Feller, Lou Boudreau, Albert Bell. 
Jeffrey Cole says Napla Joy. Jeff Nelson says Feller. Gregory Elkins says Oscar Gamble. Gary Schwartz, Lou John Kibler says, from back in the day, Lou Costello, you mean nine Yankees are going to play against one feller? <laughs> uh, Chris Crow says, Jim Tomei, Marvin Duchesne, Bob Feller, Jim Innocente, Ricky Vaughn. Charlie Smith said, Jim Innocente, amen. Glenn Scher says, Tomei and Feller, Patrick Hopkins with Joy and Feller, Chris Alajeko, Joe Jackson. Dan Stahl says, I'm not an Indians follower. I'll go with Sandy Alomar Jr., Albert Bell, Bob Feller, Kenny Lofton, Jim Tomei, and Andre Thornton. Dirk Hackett says, Jim Thorpe. Dirk, Craig Prager says, Dirk Hackett, very funny, true. Craig Prager says, it's definitely true. Mike Ewan says, Bob Feller, Tris Speaker, David Diaz, Feller. Tony Antonakis, Lat Napa Joy. Dan Shirley says, either infielder Terry Turner or Ken Keltner. Paul Maini says, Lahore Feller. He probably meant Lajoy and Feller. Uh, yeah, he did correct it. Lajoy and Feller. Ron Warnick, Lajoy. Rex Robinson, Lindor. Uh, Randy Froley, Feller. Bob Cambruzzi, Feller. Ed Cuto, Tris Speaker. Robert Mann, Feller. Mike Carmenanti says, Nap. Bob Trop says, Feller. James Carr, Feller. Uh, Gino Ray's Borges says, pitcher, Louis Tion, batter, Calavito. Jim Tavai says, Bob Feller, interest speaker. Larry Doby, good also. Daniel James says, Willie Mays Hayes. Gary Thatcher says, LaJoyer, the heater from Van Meter. Fellows, feller speaker, hard to decide. Uh, Chris James, James Showers says, Larry Doby. Ed Marks, Rupetro. Frank Smith, The Rock. Dennis Mulfees, feller, score, Calavito. Gil Franco, Vic Wirtz, Marco Aurelio Ushe, Omar Vizquel, Robert Moore, Bob Feller, Jeff Kember, Bob Feller, Paul Burke, Willie Mays Hayes, Al Kofia, Knapp, David Jones, Jim Thorpe. And Joe McGregor comes back at Davidson, so you never heard of great players like Knapp, Joy, Trish Speaker, Stan Kowalski, Wu Pedro, etc. All due respect, while Jim Thorpe was a great athlete, he was not a great baseball player. David Jones came back and said, For your information, I've got baseball magazines from the 20s, 30s, and 40s. I have over 200 so far. I'm 58. I was running Jim Thorpe being a real Indian, a.k.a. indigenous, sir. Uh, David Jones says, Ah, Native American, you mean. Thanks for the clarification. All is well that ends well. Eric Kaufman says, Feller. Ralph Joseph Larkin Jr. says, Jim Tomei. Patrick Warren says, Roger Tomei. Uh, Terry Poster says, Bob Feller. Joey McKinney just shows a picture of the wild thing. Rookie Vaughn. Vernon Bailey says, Horace Clark or Charlie Spikes. <laughs> Salvatore Tartaglia says, Tris Speaker. Michael Murphy says, Jerry Kindle. Chris Smith says, Joy. Jeff Modulewski says, Ricky Vaughn. And Jerry Dibzinski. Herminio Miele says, Napoleon Joy. Brian J. Berg, Cy Young. Tris Speaker, Ty. Joe Fowley Elder Jr. says, including the Hall of Fame greatness of Trish Speaker and Bob Feller, I'll give my all-time Indian by position. I'm not a fan nor foe. First base, Jim Tomey. Second base, Robert Roberto Alamore. Shortstop, Omar Mescal. Third base, Buddy Bell. Catcher, Vicky Martinez. DH, Manny Ramirez. Outfield, Albert Bell. Kenny Lofton. Andre Thornton. Pitchers, Charles Nagy. Rick Wise. Trevor Bauer. Shane Bieber. Bartolo Colon. And CeCe Zabathia with Jose Mesa. As the closer, 
Michael Penn says pre-1900, it's a joy. After that, it's Feller. Dan Wiener says Larry Doby. Anthony George, Bob Feller. Anthony Klepper, agreed. He agrees with Anthony. Gary Sornoff, Lou Boudreau, David Fine, Jim Tomei, Joe M. Willis, Bob Feller, Doug, Doug Greenwald, Richie Ett, Domenico D'Agostino, Usher, John Viola, what? Noah Farabra Bell, LOL, Benny Woods, Tris Speaker, Tony Winfield, Bob Feller, Alan Cordell, Tris Speaker, Bob McGivney, Bob Feller, Rick Talpy, Willie Mays Hayes, David Riccio, Shoeless Joe, James Tate, Louis Sock Alexis. He was so good they named the team after him. Robert Maxwell, Bob Feller, John Lloyd, Bob Feller, Jim Roberg, Al Rosen, Anthony Bowman, Joe Charbonneau, Jerry Hines, Bob Feller. This is easy. Only two options. Literally the only two options. Shoeless Joe Jackson, Napa Joy. Mike McGrath says Willie Mays Hayes. Chuck Evans says Jubu. Jobu. Eric Holman, Super Joe Charbonneau. Michael McGraw, easy. Addy Joss. Terry Gimble, Bob Feller, Mike McGrath, Pedro Serrano, Tony Atlas, Rocky Calavito, Michael J. Oliva, Mike Alvis. Max Alvis, I should say. Vincenzo Milano says Rick Vaughn. Stephen McCarthy says Vincenzo Milano. <laughs> Laughing. Uh, Kyle Roman, Roger Dorn, Jess Palante, Larry. Frederick Kloppish, Bob Feller. Stephen McCarthy says Bob Feller. Uh, William Butts, Bob Feller, Tris Speaker, Rich D'Ambrosio, Rocky Calavito, Chad Odom says Roger Dorn. You guys really, really responded to this. Amazing. Sky Dog Willie Kensington, Bob Feller. Nick Antoncello, Bob Feller, Ralph Gonzalez, Bob Feller, John Vogler, Jim Tomey. Fantastic job, guys. Really covered the Indians' best players from beginning to end very, very well. Thank you so much. And uh, that's what makes the group so great. And now we're going to tell you the final Jeopardy and trivia question answers. The trivia question was, what American League MVP had only 35 home runs during his career? Well, the correct answer is Nellie Fox, who won the 1959 AL MVP award. Congrats to Jan Renewy. Jan is always on top of things. I'm being the first to submit the correct answer. And the Jeopardy question had two clues. First clue was home run champion had a batting average lower than that of his league Cy Young Award winner that season. <clears throat> and number two, besides Hall of Famers Lou Gehrig and Jimmy Fox, he's the only player with eight RBIs in three different games. Well, the correct response is who was Dave Kingman? Congrats to Larry Underwood on being the first to submit the correct answer. Well, that's going to do it for another great podcast here. I want to thank you all for listening, and if you're not subscribing, please subscribe. I only put up the main podcast a day in the group Baseball Way of Life, but if I do others, they will only be showing up on the uh, carriers, not in the Facebook group, so please subscribe so you'll be alerted when the other ones do come up. I plan to do at least one a day, but who knows, I could do two, three, four, and you'll be alerted when those come up. I will be doing one later today, which won't be posted on the group site, so please subscribe. And again, if you want to reach out to me on my P-H-I-L-S-T-A-N-4-1 at gmail.com, be glad, glad, glad to hear from you. So enjoy the day off. Rest up for that second half. It's going to be quite a ride. We're going to have fun here on the podcast and fun in the group. So enjoy the day and talk to you soon.